Okay, fellow Horn Toad loyal listeners, we have made it. All right, completed season six. Here we go, the last segment for season six, episode 22, uh, season six uh, finale with the theme of random facts. This is Navajo Veteran Plans, number six. <laughs> Excuse me. This segment is about what possibilities are achievable for the Navajo Nation veterans using a formula filmmakers and screenwriters use to summarize their stories in order to get more appeal from producers and attraction by the public. So I was um, looking through YouTube one time and this video came up and this guy, uh, he was a screenwriter and he said, um, there's like one question you need to ask yourself about your, your film, your screenwriting. And he goes, if you can't answer this one question, then there's no point in you trying to answer it. And that was, what is your film about? And he goes, um, I tried to explain. Um, he goes, I tried to explain. He goes, he was, I think it was like a film school. He was, he was, uh, he got a chance to work with, uh, what was that dude's name? Not Riddick, uh, not, oh shit, what was his name? Uh, damn, he's the guy that made, um, he's the guy that made Aliens and not Stanley Kubrick, but Ridley Scott, there we go. He had a chance to work with Ridley Scott. And then, uh, <clears throat> so his story goes that somehow, you know, whatever happened, he, he ended up going to meet up with Ridley Scott. And he, I guess Ridley Scott got a hold of his script and he liked it. And he asked him, you know, oh, what's your film about? And then he goes, oh, well, it's just about, you know, this guy trying to save the world. And he goes up against these guys. And then um, Ridley Scott goes, okay, well, what's your film about? And he's like, he didn't want to sound like a dumbass. So he tried to act like he knew what Ridley Scott was talking about. He goes, oh, it's just a journey and adventure of this guy who's going up against the odds. And then Ridley Scott's like, Oh, that's cool. Well, what's your film about? What's it really about? And he's like, uh, shit, man. He's like, um, it's a futuristic time and he's, he's, you know, he's got his one gun and, you know, he's, he's got to save this lady. And then Ridley Scott's like, oh, okay, cool. What is your film about though? And then he's like, fuck man, what the hell is he talking about? You know? So he tried to explain it all he could. Then Ridley Scott just told him, he goes, oh, okay, well, you know, just come back tomorrow. He goes, well, we'll, um, we'll try to work on this again. So then he left and then he went to talk to one of his film school buddies. He goes, what? He goes, man, I was talking to Ridley Scott and he kept asking me what the fuck my film was about. And I didn't know what to tell him. And he goes, I kept ex explaining all this. And he, he, and he kept telling me, he goes, what is it about? What, what is it really about? What's it about? And the guy told him, he goes, oh, dude, he goes, what you're, what he's asking you is what is your story's, um, what is your story trying to say? How is it going to like stick out? And, um, he goes, he means like, do you have a message that you're trying to get across? Basically, like, what's your message? I don't think that was the right word he used for it, but that's what I'm trying to, how I'm trying to interpret it. So then he goes, oh shit. Okay. So he kind of went back and looked over his notes and all that. So when he met up with Ridley Scott again, he goes, what is your film about? And that's where he goes, yeah, it's my films about this. Um, it's about how, you know, us as mankind, you know, we need each other during these hard times. 
but we're going to be making tough decisions that might actually ruin what our what our choices are to make life better or some shit like that, man. So then Ridley Scott goes, oh, okay, cool. And then so I think they worked on the film. I don't remember which one it was though, but he goes, that's why he goes, a lot of writers, they can't get their shit together, you know, these days because they don't know how to answer that question. So using that as a template, using that as a jumping point, this whole segment of Navajo veteran plans. Uh, originally, it was going to be ten year, a 10-year plan, but I changed it to Navajo veterans plan because just looking at how the Navajo Nation done terribly with the veteran administration and everybody sucking ass and, you know, Clagato veteran commander asshole stabbing me in the back and shit like that. Um, here is my pitch. Like if somebody said, okay, Native Ravager, Mr. Big Mouth Know-It-All, what is your what is your story about as far as Navajo Veterans plan? What is your plan? What what's your pitch, boy? What's your narrative? For me, this is what I kind of brought it down to. Bringing resources to the area, bringing a lot of professional services and um Oh shit, I thought I wrote it down. No, that ain't it. Fuck. Oh, okay. So, sorry. I, so if they said in one sentence, what is your story about? What is your mission? What is your 10 year plan? What is it all about? What are you doing? Why are you doing it? What's making you do it? What is the overall consensus of why you wanted to start the nonprofit podcast car club, put it all together? What are you trying to say? And then I finally nailed it down. Well, I didn't really finally nail it down, but I thought about what that guy said. What is your story about? What is my narrative about? What am I trying to say? In plain and simple terms, make a veteran utopia. That's it. Very simple. And if somebody says, well, how are you going to do that? And that's where I was going to say, um, or if they say, uh, how are you going to do that? That's where I was going to say, I'm going to be bringing resources to the area bringing and bringing in a lot of professional services. And if, excuse me, and if you were listening to pretty much all of season six, um, when I started back in uh, August, I was talking about all the possibilities that the nonprofit was going to do. And I just kept waiting on the goddamn nonprofit president who didn't do a goddamn thing. So um, she's the one that's also stabbed me in the back. So that's where I'm all starting back from. But um, I want to have this ready. And, um, so, uh, well, I guess here's the second part I, I forgot to add. So if they say, what is your plan all about? What is all this shit all about? I'm going to say, make a veteran utopia. Uh, so we can make things easier for local veterans to get things done without the stress and limit. Now it's kind of a little bit of a longer explanation, but, uh, and to limit uh, travel, food, lodging, and transportation. So, uh, what I'm trying to say here is I want to bring a lot of these resources, buildings to Clagato and just make the bare minimum, which is why I'm doing the, uh, garage. So that way, um, everybody signs up for the garage services 
And, you know, then that way I'll be in charge and I'll say, the people who treated me like shit, stabbed me in the back, you know, spoke against me, didn't want to help me, they will not be eligible for all this that I'm, you know, if it were to come true, I would limit them. I would say, hell no, man, you're blacklisted. Get the fuck out of here. So that way, you know, we start our own little veteran utopia. Now, that also falls into the the realm of uh, surviving spouses, gold star mothers, and children of the veterans. So if they say, well, what about us? I'm like, you're still there. It's just that, you know, it's just easier to work with veterans than it is the general public because the general public, you guys just want money and you just want to spend, 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 spend. You get yourself in debt and then you're out of money and you want to borrow more money. That's not the... That's not the way I'm trying to go about this. The way I'm trying to go about this is bring the resources here so we know how to work off one another and we know how to make sure or we know how to make sure things work just like in the city, you know, just basically everything's there in the city. The only things that you really don't have in the city are pretty much like livestock unless you go more towards the outskirts of a city and then you kind of run into those places. But for the most part, you know, um, that would be... That would be perfect. That would be easier for veterans to get things done without having to run all the way to Winderock, Gallup, Holbrook, Phoenix, Albuquerque, Farmington, within this area, within the Clagato area. And um, they can just come over and say, all right, look, this is what I want. All right, man, shit, we're going to order it. So they'll give you a discount price of this or that. And then either that or they'll say, you know, I want to exchange this for that. And it's like, all right, yeah, we'll kind of do like a bartering system on possibly vegetables. Who the hell knows? You know, it's just, it's still up in the air. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I'm not trying to predict what's going to happen. All I can do is come up with a plan and execute. That's all I can do. And how do I do that? Well, shit, talking about it on the podcast is a good start, but bringing it out to the public, that's kind of like the kiss of death right there because you know, obviously I'll get witchcraft by someone who's jealous of my idea. And, um, so, um, I also wrote, um, what was it? So bringing resources to the area, bringing a lot of professional services. Um, and I don't remember why I wrote this down as a note. Vets withdraw when they use the restroom. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Um, I'm trying to remember now. Why did I write that? Vets withdraw when they use the restroom. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Anyways, uh, diabetic training for veterans and community members. There we go, right there. If I'm still using the um, nonprofit money, that's what I was going to do. You know, diabetic training for veterans and community members, which I was doing, but I wanted to make sure that it was more, it was more geared towards, um, it was more geared towards just making sure that we got everything localized. And on that note, you know, there's, um, there's another uh, meme that I want to talk about and it's the, as far as the 10 year plan goes, this was uh, something that I thought was pretty interesting is that, um, this is that guy, Ben Shapiro. I, I watch his videos on YouTube, but he's got a high nasally pitch voice, kind of like a, what was that dude's name? Jordan Peterson, that, uh, psychiatrist or whatever the hell he was. Um, but Ben Shapiro is kind of annoying, but 
Here's what he wrote down. This is uh, during uh, 2020, so or 2021, when the Silicon Valley Bank had a collapse over in California. So he was trying to say that those guys, they weren't a stable institution, banking institution, but they got bailed out from the governments, and he was p- kind of pissed off. So here's what he said about it. And this is in reference to veterans, um, veterans, veteran plans, Navajo veteran plans. The Federal Reserve and government blew out spending in 2020 and 2021 to an unprecedented degree. They were funding those riots and Black Lives Matter. This means a lot of uh, speculative investments in tech ventures who had then stored their cash in Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank had no idea what to do with the cash, so they invested in bonds Trusting the government, of course, and knowing that if things went belly up, there was a good shot at another bailout. Uh, Perverse incentives never fail. The moral hazard will continue because the urgent always outweighs the necessary until the time comes when the government is removed and the central economic ah, is removed as the central economic policymaker. (laughs) That last part... um, He's just, you know, to me, he's just saying, you know, things are going to be shitty like this. People are going to get away with um, all that until the bank is, you know, taken away. uh, And um, it goes into this whole central bank system with the elites, Illuminati, New World Order, all that shit, man. So um, there was um, there's another thing I wanted to read because uh, this is all going into the plan of. The Navajo veteran plan, because everybody needs money. And that's what I said at the chapter meeting. I say, everybody needs money. I understand that. But it's resources that will last longer than money. So on the realm of getting veterans money, instead of me giving them money, I want to know what it is they want. So that way we can do requests and letters to get it rather than wasting my time trying to give them money and say, all right, I trust that you will buy this and that with the money and you will help yourself. And they go off and drink or give it to their grandkids or whatever. So there, here's this little uh, chart here. It says hidden rules among class. There are the money and I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so the first one is money. Going across, it says poverty. And poverty, middle, and wealthy. Okay. So with money, the poverty spend it. With the middle class, they manage it. With the wealthy, they invest. So I'm trying to get the veterans to that point where they can invest or manage and then invest. And then uh Number two, personality. Poverty, they have a sense of humor. Uh, the middle class, they have, um, they have achievement. That's their personality. Wealthy, they have connections. That's what I'm trying to do. I didn't, I didn't even know this list existed, but I was like, this is what I want to do with the veterans. And here, there's this list that exists. And then finally, uh, not finally, number three, social emphasis. Poverty is inclusion. Middle class is self-sufficiency. Wealthy is exclusion. Uh, So poverty includes themselves and wealthy, they just get out of there. They don't want to be a part of it. Uh, That's for social emphasis. They're not really trying to be a part of it. Uh, Number four is food. Um, Poverty does quantity. 
middle class does quality and wealthy does a presentation of, you know, how fancy their food looks. Number five is time. Poverty is in the moment. That's pretty much where we all are right now. Uh, the middle class is against the future. And finally, wealthy is tradition. That's something that Navo should have been doing anyways with their time, uh, being traditional with their time. <laughs> anyways, number six is education. Poverty has abstract uh, education all over the place. Middle class is success and money. And the wealthy is maintaining connections. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, number seven is language. And the poverty has casual, casual register. I guess like urban slang. Uh, middle class is formal uh, negotiations. And um, wealthy has formal networking. That's pretty cool too. Uh, number eight is family structure. Poverty has matriarchal, because like I said, food stamps, welfare, that falls under matriarchal. The middle class is patriarchal because the father's working is making pretty good money. And um, the wealthy, as far as family structure, who's in charge is whoever has money. So that's pretty much, that's pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> and then the driving forces, number nine, driving forces for poverty is relationships. Number um, for the middle class is achievements. Uh, wealthy for driving force, what drives them is financial and social. And then finally, uh, number 10, destiny. Um, poverty, as far as destiny goes, they pretty much believe in fate and can't. <laughs> like my cat, can't, who's no longer with us, but can't. And then uh, middle class believe in choices. And finally, wealthy believe in expectations. So all that right there is where, um, you know, I just wanted to bring that up as far as social classes go, what these veterans can or can't do. Um, and then um, as far as money goes, you know, that kind of just shows you where everybody stands pretty much, where they all have, um, where they all have their own thoughts and how they're raised and it's um, it's really an interesting breakdown if you can kind of look at it. And then there was also um, this little uh, other meme that I had found. And I saved it and I've been wanting to share it. And it says, money has different names. In temple or church, it's called donation. In school, it's fee. In marriage, it's called dowry. Uh, in divorce, alimony. When you owe someone, it's debt. When you pay the government, it's tax. In court, it's fines. Uh, civil servant retirees, it's pension. Worker to uh, employer to workers, it's salary. Master to subordinate, it's wages. To children, it's allowance. When you borrow from bank, it's loan. When you offer after a good service, it's tips. To kidnappers, it's ransom. Illegally received in the name of service, it's bride. So all that put together, man, that's where, um, you know, I, I've wanted to share that for a long time too. And um, also um, there was this other meme that I came across. And this one is this guy, Alonzo. 
He's like, they don't peer pressure you to hit the gym. They don't peer pressure you to start a business. They don't peer pressure you to set big goals. But if you want to get drunk, eat the buffet or binge the series, they're there for you. I just thought that was pretty interesting how we kind of um, just like really go all out and um, try to um, kind of make things uh, try to outlive the wealthy basically. But, um, <clears throat> so anyways, folks, that's going to do it for me for the Clagato veteran podcast season six. I'm done. I'm going to go upload this now. So hopefully you guys will be listening to new year's day. Like I said, I'll follow, I'll follow up season seven with, um, probably the second week of January because the first week, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be busy. But um, other than that, man, oh, thank you guys for listening, man. I really appreciate it. I know it's it's been a terrible season six because uh, I, I was doing the whole 666 thing. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it's, it's done. We're, we're, we completed it. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, I wanted to give out some shout outs, but I don't know who's even listening anymore. And, and I know that I've lost a lot of people that um, unfriended me on Facebook, which is fine. I had to unfriend them too because I wasn't getting much out of them. They weren't really responding back. But to those of you Horn Toad loyal listeners that are keeping your ears to the ground, I thank you very much. Uh, look, I look forward to uh, bringing more content in season seven. Keep going till season ten. Other than that, um, like I said, uh, that's it. Season six is over. So thank you for listening. Keep your ears to the ground, and have a great, happy, safe. New Year's. We'll see you or hear from you or you'll hear from me in 2024. Yeah, see ya.